first podcast you've done with short hair? Yes, it is. <gasps> oh, I'm going to short that, hair jewels. It's not that short. I have not shaved my head. It's just, it's, it's just popping out either side of your earphones. It's really funny. We rate the dads. 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 Oh, I thought of a new way of describing our introduction. Yeah. Right, so, okay. So, hypothetically, well, in this imaginary scenario we're putting ourselves in, we are a store flying babies to people. Yeah. And we have to decide if we're going to give a baby to this person. And on that... And we, we get to, to creepily watch them for a while. Yeah, we get to, to creepily assess watch them their parenting ability. Yes. And then we get to give them a rating of uh, valid, complex, in that we give them notes and stuff. And we're like, we, you have to improve. Yeah. Like... We'll be back. This is the probation period. Yeah. yeah. Fair. I expect to see some improvement. We've got some notes. We don't think you're going to screw them up royally, though. Um, and then just, no, it's like you're off the list. You're crossed off. Yeah. And Flatline, I guess we haven't been watching you closely. You yeah, or it's like somebody told us that there was another person and we didn't bother to go and check. Yeah, we didn't check. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so imagine the opening of Dumbo. That's what's going on right now. You know, the storks and they're all going out and they're giving all like the animals their babies. That's it's been such a long time since <laughs> I've seen Dumbo. Probably like twenty years since <laughs> I watched that film. <laughs> I think I only saw it once as well. So I've definitely seen it recently because of Annabelle. Have you uh, seen the new version? I haven't seen the new version. No. Let's get ready for Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen that? No. Why should watch it? It's like you the Alice went off. I'm glad. I love Lindsay Ellis. Is this our intro? Uh this is gonna probably constitute some of the intro. Anyway, we should we should do it with a proper intro and be like Okay. Great. Uh, today we have uh, Mr. Bennett from Pride and Prejudice, yeah. classic dad, and Danny. Rick O'Connell from The Mummy. And I am, I cannot tell you guys enough how jealous I am that Danny managed <laughs> to steal this one from me. Stole him. Um, yeah, she just, she just reached in there and she went for it and I was like, oh. Gotta call Dibs. Okay. Anyway, um, who's going first? Uh, I think you went first last time. Well, I can go first this time. Okay, perfect. Um, you got so we open up um, and we have a voiceover from Arda Faye. Well, we will go through the plot of the movie and talk about their daddy throughout the movie. There is a bit where they're separated from their kid. They'll kind of brush over. Yeah, there's not much parenting. Not much. That's not the movie. Um, so we have a, start off with a voiceover from Arda Faye. Uh, <laughs> hot eyes. <laughs> hot eyes. Who wouldn't? Really? Yeah. I mean, look at his cat. Beautiful. Um, and he's talking about how the rock is a scorpion king. Um... Yeah, yeah, I hope you guys stuff. have seen this movie because if you hadn't, this makes it's no sense. Bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> he's a scorpion king and he gets beat up and then he's like, Anubis, I'll sell my soul for a good army. And Anubis is like, fucking no. Um, and then he wins and then Anubis is like, great, you won. I'm gonna, you have to come back. To yeah, I'll take your soul now. Take your soul now. Give it to me. He's like, no. 
then we go back to the present. Well, not the present. The, the 20s? 30s? Oh, 30s. Yeah, it'd probably be 30s by now. Yeah. Yeah, it was 20s. Evie's eyes, the eyebrows have grown back slightly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. We aren't going to include anything from the third Mummy film because that is travesty. And if anybody hasn't watched it, don't bother. And if anybody has watched it, I commiserate with you. I haven't greatly. watched it, so I can't speak yeah, to it. Exactly. I didn't have time to rewatch it yeah. today. I've never seen it. Um, all right, so then we we open up, we see Rick kind of in the shadows. He's like, mm, somebody's sneaking up on me. It's not, it's his child. He nearly shoots him. But in fairness, he snuck up on his dad in a creepy hallway. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to hold that against him. No. Uh, he's very firm and fair, trying to get him back to the entrance of the tomb and get, like, out of the danger zone of, like, where all the traps are. Uh, he's kind of patient with him. Uh... He's not great at giving him activities to do. He's like, yeah, go surprise me with whatever you're doing out there. And like, give him a picture book or like a coloring book, activity book, anything. Yeah, to how keep old a is child he? Like, he's like nine, time. right? He's like nine. Yeah. Uh, nine, nine can get all sorts of trouble. Yeah, nine-year-olds are hard age as well to entertain because they'll be like, I don't want to read a book. And then you'll be like, well, what do you want to do? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah. Give him an activity book, anything. Yeah, or leave him with a responsible adult probably would be helpful. Yeah, you're responsible adult. Like, responsible adult. Uh, Skip forward, they're in the tomb, there's an attack, blah, 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 blah. They're fine. They get the bracelet and the box, the tomb collapses, doing incredible amounts of damage to a beautiful historical site. But they get back to London, everybody's fine. Alex maybe swears a little bit and his mum tells him off, which I think is, like, indicative of the good level of parenting he's got. He's got... Mm, yeah, caring background to pay attention to him. They do leave him slightly unsupervised to flirt with each other. Yeah, I mean that's okay. That's you fine. want to have loving parents. Have yeah. intimate moments. In case we hadn't already said this, the kid is called Alex. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and when he's unsupervised, he gets in the box and puts the bracelet on. And you're like, oh. yeah. They they hadn't learned the lesson of. Not leaving the nine-year-old unsupervised, no. or at least without some kind of interesting activity to do. In fairness, if he hadn't put it on, there'd be no plot in this movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he's. Uh, we have a lovely line from Rick, which is like, "You, this is talking to Evie. You and Alex, the only things that matter to me," which is very sweet and nice. Yeah. Aww. Uh, they also seem to be like taking good care of Alex. They have a nice big house and a car. He yeah. spends all of his time at the museum. Does he go to school? Ooh, I know. He probably he could be goes to some soon. British private school. He, he seems like the type. School. Realistically, do either of them have the time to do that? I'm sure Evie would do it. But, like, it would be very kind of like, read this book. Yeah. On, like, that's probably why he, he could speak Egyptian. He would learn a great deal of about Egyptian history, and then he probably would learn very little of anything else. That seems fairly in character <laughs> for Alex. TPH. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, t- they tell him to behave. Um, they're going to go off and investigate something. Oh, there's a big fight. Jonathan is in the house. I didn't debate about whether including Jonathan as Rick's child because it does take if, care of him, sort of, but... If anything, Jonathan is Evie's child. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so for people who have never seen The Mummy, oh. um, first of all, Why go and watch The me? Mummy. Why are you here? It's the greatest movie ever. Um, secondly, so the main... Tree. Yeah, the main characters are... Rick. Rick. And then Evie. Their last names are O'Connell. I don't know what Evie's last name was. In the original. Because they got married. Yes. So. Uh, her brother is Jonathan. I think he's her younger brother. Yeah, he's her younger brother. Um, she ta- Her parents are dead, so she's taking care of him. He's a bit of a disaster. But it's implied that he got 
you you've been very traumatized by World War One. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's subtext. That's not really like obviously in the movie. But yeah. that's very kind of. Um, he's very smart. He can speak Egyptian. Mm-hmm. He's really clever. He seems like a a nice person, but he just doesn't know how to hold his life together for any kind of extended period so of time. He does a lot of like minor crime, like yeah. gambling. You can be a nice person people. and do minor crime. Yeah, I'm, saying, I'm just saying this is tend to be where his life goes wrong. Yeah, and then you have Alex, who is Evie and Rick's child. But he's not in the so in the original movie, it's just Jonathan and Rick and Evie because that's where Evie and Rick get together. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Okay, so then um, people come and try and get the bracelet because it's the Scorpion's King's bracelet, and it's the year of the Scorpion, and he's coming back or something. You get some phenomenal cosmic power or what? That kind power. of shit. Uh, they rescue Jonathan. They think he's Rick. It's very funny. Yeah. He hides in the bathtub. Um, Evie gets in a spot of bother with Alex. She's like, oh my god. And then Ardeth shows up again. Ardeth <gasps> Bay. Uh, uh, flash forward, Evie kind of gets kidnapped. Um, they don't. They get the box that they think has the bracelet in, but it doesn't because Alex has got it on his wrist and can't take mm-hmm. it off. Um... Then they all get in the car to go, Rick, Ardeth, Jonathan, and Alex, they all get in the car to go rescue Evie, and uh, Rick gives Alex a hug after the scary fight. He's like, hello, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm all right, Dad, it's fine. You know, it's yeah. a good point. Nice. Check in. Yeah. Maybe leave your child at home, though, when you're going on a car chase. It, he does leave him in the car when they go to the museum to go rescue Evie. Okay. Um, he doesn't let him come in with all the guns and stuff. He makes him and Jonathan stay in the car. <laughs> <laughs> And he gives him a cute hair ruffle. It's very cute. Um, he he's very Rick is very into protecting his family. And uh, again, they have a smooch moment once they're fine and they've got Evie back and they've escaped from the museum on a giant London bus. And they're gonna chase through the city with the shotguns and there are mummies chasing them and things like that. Um, uh, the, yeah, they saw this smooch, and then Alex is like, <gasps> and wanders off, um, and then gets promptly kidnapped. Um, and then Rick is very upset about this, both of them are, and he runs after the car that's taken Alex, and um, they, it's like a very common trope where they set the tower bridge off, so it's like, it's going yeah. up, whatever, and he tries to run up the tower bridge to get over it, because Alex is on the other side in the car. He makes it to the top, that's devoted, yeah. Dad. Yeah, I... You know, random aside about Tower Bridge, I was near there with my dad the other day and he was telling me about how, like, it only comes up every so often, like, maybe it's less than, less than once a day. You could just ring them and ask. You'd be like, I'm bringing a ship in. Can you open Tower Bridge for me? And (laughs) I'll do it. If you lie, you'll probably get in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so he tries to get across the gap and he can't do it and he's very sad and upset. Then we have, like, a weird, there's, like, a flashback. Um, and my next note here is Anouk Cinnamon's gold lipstick. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's got to do I'm with sure it's just I'm like admiring it. I'm like, I want it or something. They're yeah. both very upset about losing their boy. They're like, I just want him back. We have Ardith Exposition Bay where he's like, they'll be taking him to blah, blah, blah. Um, Alex has a moment on a train where he's very sassy and cute and brave, which is his parents' influence, I think. Yeah, he's got confidence. Yes. And Rick says, he's smarter than you. The you is Evie. He's very smart. Um, and then he's tougher than me, and he's, like, comforting her about how they've done a good job with Alex. So I think that's pretty valid. Yeah. Another note here, Pharaoh, who is 
Evie's previous life dad. Yeah, uh, when she was Princess Nefertiri. Um, he seems like an okay dad. He, he gives his daughter praise. He gives her a hug. And he gives her an important job of guarding the bracelet of Anubis. I completely, I completely forgot that he was in that. Yeah. And that there was another dad other than Rick in this movie. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say that he's valid. She seems very upset when he dies. Um... Did they get the same actress back to play in Axel and Yes, they did. I also have a note about her costume. So, like, when she's she's alive again, she's reincarnated in Oxford and she's got, like, this this um, this um top on with sleeves. And the sleeves kind of, they've got, like, a ladder design up the side of them that looks like the the, the ink that she's got painted Ooh. on her when she's in Oxford and I'm like, oh, the costuming. Yeah. She Ooh. also does have that very much, like, I'm only going to wear black dresses vibe. It's It's kind of... She's if you've good. watched The Witcher, it's a bit... She's kind of got a bit of a Yennefer style. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Although, I guess, I mean, Yennefer probably has a bit of her style because it's yes. much older. Yes, probably. Probably, probably. Um, and she's starting the... Yeah, so we're, we're reliving our past lives. This is... Um, the, we are reliving really our past lives. <laughs> Imhotep is doing a spell to make, to make the to reborn in Oxnome and remember her past life so they'll be together again. And the side effect of the spell is that Evie remembers her past life as Nefertiri. Mm. Um, and, yeah, she remembers a bunch of junk and stuff like that. Yeah, useful plot information, I remember. Plot information. We see Anuxton would stab herself again and be like, my body is no longer his temple, which is like, ooh, chills. The delivery. Um, so then Alex is, is being kidnapped by Imhotep and his gang. Um, and he... His bracelet is showing him where they have to go next, so they can't kill him. Yep. But and they can't get the bracelet off. No, they can't get the bracelet off. Um, and he, but to let to make sure that his parents can keep up and follow them, he's like making little sculptures out of sand, which is very clever and resourceful. Yeah. Also, if he's being homeschooled, he's also had some good art education because yes. that is hard to mm-hmm. do. Like he's got good at thinking skills because he uses his water to make the sand damp, so mm-hmm. it will stay up and he can make a better sculpture. Yeah. And he's hiding it and, like, marking it out with little pieces of his clothing so his parents will know where it is. And that he's still alive. Yes, and that he's still alive. Um, and next, we're having a big tour of Egypt. They go visit lots of sites, lots of magi. There's a big army of them. Terrible CGI canyon. Uh, Horace, love that bird. Just <laughs> <laughs> written, our death, bay. This but is bay just... is spelled like bay as in boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> Page. It's got two exclamation marks for the listeners who cannot see this. This is just Danny's stream of consciousness as she was watching the mummy. I got a bit today. bored. There wasn't a huge amount of dadding in this section because they're separated from their child. Okay, this is the bit. Um, oh, Alex is saved. Um, everybody's working together. Rick grabs him and then puts him over his shoulder and is running away. There's a cute bit where he's like, he's calling for his dad and he's like, this big fight going on yeah. they find each other they fight each other and um, mum and uncle Jonathan are up on the ridge shooting people in the head who are trying to get in between them it's very adorable I mean the murder isn't but it's a movie yeah. who cares um, <laughs> so they, they they get Alex and then Alex is like oh you have to get me to the temple because the brace is going to kill me if the sun hits me and I'm not in the temple there's a deadline um, yeah raise the stakes Yes. So they're all running towards the temple. And um, um, they're like, get across this log. And they're being chased by pygmy mummies. Don't ask. It's 
not that important. Um, and he gets out his emergency dynamite and throws it at the tree and explodes it. So that's resourceful. Yeah. Resourceful dad. He carries his son all the way to the temple. Um, and they're very out of breath when they get there. He, like, does a jump at the end. And they have this very cute dialogue. He's like, it's not easy being a dad. <laughs> and then Alex goes, oh, but you do it so well. <laughs> and then they hug each other. It's very cute. Um, and then, spoiler, Evie gets stabbed. And Rick is like, ah! Um, but he has the presence of mind to make Jonathan take Alex away. Yeah. So we can't see Evie dying. Or, like, a little bit further mm. back. Jonathan does tend to be Alex's, like, designated adult for quite a bit of this movie, I think. Yeah, like, for this this last third of the movie, Jonathan, I mean, he's, like, a babysitter. Yeah, like, he does actually, he does do a pretty good job. job. He's very, like, he's very caring about Alex. Um, He's, like, he he gives him, like, a big hug when Evie is dying. And Mm -hmm. um, Rick gives him one as well. Um, And he, like, sits on the floor with him afterwards and is, like, don't worry about it, she's in a better place now kind of thing. Uh... Mm. Yeah, so, but we have more fighting. Uh, Evie is revived from the dead using the, the Book of the Living. The Book of the Dead. It's the Book of the Dead. Because yeah, there's that whole bit where an accident woman is like, the Book of the Dead gives life, but the Book of the Living takes it away. Oh, yeah, yeah. You remember this movie way more than me. I, I literally <laughs> just watched that bit with you when you okay. were watching it. <laughs> that was, like, the one bit that I saw. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, yes. The, the very cool pictograms of the sphere um, <laughs> yeah instructional good. pictograms this is how uh, you kill the scorpion king yes there's a bit where Rick is like it's a spear and he's talking to Jonathan and Alex were a bit further away mm. well kind of he's kind of keeping them out of the action but Jonathan has the magical weapon that can kill the scorpion king and he's like doing like big arm gestures and Jonathan's like what what um, and it's really it doesn't look like a spear he's like it is a spear just try and open it uh, so comedy trying to open the spear between with uh, Alex and Jonathan trying to make it work. Um, they get the spear open, um, and then Imhotep is fighting the Scorpion King, and so is Rick. And they stabs him, and then we have the great meme with Imhotep sliding in and being like, "No!" Oh, it's a great moment. Just watch this movie just for that. Uh, they kill him, and then it's all fine and stuff. Um, they get out, but Imhotep. Gets left by an Oxidam and she's very sad. And then he's like, Why will I accept death now that my love has betrayed me? And then she falls in a pit of beetles? Yeah. I don't know something. The, the classic mummy's carrot beetles. Carrot beetles. Um, they get, they're getting out of the pyramid thing, whereas this has all been taking place, the temple. Um, but it's all sucking up everything. And then Rick carries Alex up to the top and he makes sure that they get on the weird dirigible. Dirigible. Dirigible first. Um, uh, yeah. So it's all happy and great. Everybody's safe. We've got a giant diamond. John waves at Ardeth. It's very funny. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ardeth, we see Ardeth. He's alive. He's fighting Anubis soldiers. Um, his horse rears up in Nays. It's very fun. Um, and then Alex and John run away from Evie and Rick kissing again, which is like, yeah. It seems to be the, the meme in this like, movie. Oh, God. Ugh. So yeah, overall, I think a valid dad. I think I'll probably our first valid dad. I would, I would agree. I Have think no notes, except maybe don't take your child with you on weird adventures if it's dangerous. But it seemed like they were trying to keep him out of it. Yeah, maybe it was the summer holidays, and they were like, "We can't leave you at home because we can't afford a babysitter." <laughs> they can't afford a babysitter. <laughs> you see the house? Oh yeah, okay. But 
Maybe they don't want to because they want to be with they him. They want to, yeah. But maybe they should have left him at the hotel with a babysitter mm. and come back in the evening and had dinner and yeah. told them about that. I mean, they would have been dead because they would have been trapped in and he gets them out by knocking down the table. But they would have been fine. They're very capable people. They would have figured it out, I'm sure. They got yes, us. Our first valid dad. Yay! I'm so pleased. Um, I'm also so annoyed that you stopped me because that's like one of my favorite films. Well, the original Mummy is one of my favorite films, but this is a, this is a good one. You're right. I dropped my pen. That's oh, okay. why. Right. Good. You got it back. Yes. Cool. Right. So for me, I'm doing Mr. Bennett, as you as you heard. You so specify which Mr. Bennett. So many. Really? Like book, movie. Oh, TV okay. Show. No, I thought you meant like other no. other stories that had somebody called Mr. Bennett. So this is from Pride and Prejudice. I am sort of doing like a merger of all of them because we recently we watched the 1995 BBC miniseries. Seminal. Yeah. Iconic. Six hours of Pride and Prejudice over the course of what, like two days? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, excellent. I, I recommend this experience to everybody. And I think it's on Netflix. It was on Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. And also the 2005 Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley. Watched that recently. Um, haven't read the book in a while, but I have read the book. And I also rewatched quite a lot of the Lizzie Bennet diaries from YouTube, which I may spoil for you guys because it's kind of different from the book, but I'm going to mention some of that. Um, not that Mr. Bennett's really in that. You more hear about him. I yeah. feel weird taking hearsay into account in this. So it's not, I was going to mention it not because of what Mr. Bennett supposedly does in the show, but mm-hmm. because of how they reframe some of the things that you look at when you kind of watch or read the original Pride and Prejudice and you think one way about it and they've reframed it so you might think a different way. Okay. So it kind of gives a different perspective on like his reaction to certain things yeah. in the film okay. and the TV show. Sounds interesting. Yes. Anyway, okay, so if you don't know the plot of Pride and Prejudice, where have you been living? Um, I ha- I c- There's so many adaptations, so everybody's got to know this, right? Like, there's the Bennett family. Five sisters. Five sisters. Jane, Lizzie, Mary, Lydia, and Kitty, and then their mum and dad, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett. We don't think we ever find out what their first names are, but that's okay. It's the Regency period. You have to refer to everybody as Mr. or Mrs. or Miss or whatever. Or Bennett. Or just their last name. Yeah, exactly. Um, Darcy. Yes. Uh, and they are in the gentry, but they're not particularly well-to-do, and... Essentially, their house that they their live in. Dad is just been oh. spending money. That's he's got nothing not savings. True. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have any savings. He doesn't have any savings, but that's not necessarily his fault. We don't really know, like, it, whatever kind of financial difficulties where they come from. But they they live in this estate called Longbourn, and it's entailed. So if you don't know what that means, basically, when he passes away, Mister Bennett, it has to legally pass on to a male heir. All of it does. Yeah, all of it does. Um. Apart from their mum's inheritance, what they get from their mother, I think. Yeah, so their mum's money, which is just like, I guess, like kind of leftover from her money that she had when she was younger, can go to the daughters, but they aren't going to inherit anything. That's the whole thing is about like, how are they going to figure out their lives? And They're so poor! Yeah, they need to marry some rich people or whatever. Working out when it was like a thousand pounds a year or something. Wasn't it like, this wasn't a lot of money. Uh, Yeah, so I think... Whilst they're living in Longbourn, Mr. Bennett gets about a thousand or two thousand pounds a year in Regency money, which is, oh, we worked this out. They don't have to. They don't have to do a mortgage or anything like that. 
No, I think it's like it's probably like like fifty grand mm. paycheck, something like that, effectively. Um uh but they're only going to when they um when their dad passes away, they're only gonna inherit fifty pounds a year each, which is like a thousand pounds in today's money. So they're just like they're not gonna have like a holiday. anything to live on, so they'll have to like fall on the kindness of their extended family or marry somebody rich or at least with enough money to live. Probably more than a holiday. Like, I mean, rent is, I mean, my rent when I was a student was four grand a year. Yeah. I don't, I think it's probably the price of living was also cheaper back then. Mm-hmm. But still, it would not be enough money to really no. sustain any kind of, like, reasonably comfortable lifestyle. Anyway, so, um, blah, 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 lots of stuff happens. And um, Lizzie, at the end, marries some guy called Mr. Darcy. <gasps> you may have, have heard of him. <laughs> you may have heard of him. Um uh, but we're not going to really focus too much on the plot, except for where it relates to Mr. Bennett, because he's kind of a background character in a way. Like, Mrs. Bennett, his wife, is a lot more forward. She's a lot more vocal. That it's a social commentary. It's not like a romance book. Yeah. Like, and Jane Austen is deliberately roasting people in this. Yeah. So Mr. Bennett is probably more exaggerated in his characteristics because he's got to be like a stand-in for like a certain type of father yeah. figure. Just like, oh, I'll be all right, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of his vibe. So I think I'm, I'm going to say it now that I think I'm probably going to put him down as complex. Yeah. Danny, doesn't, no. Danny doesn't really agree, but I, I I, don't feel like I can make him a just no because I think you could help him improve just like our whole spiel about what complex is and it would work. I don't think he would take it on board, though. I do. <laughs> I think... I think, I think Mr. Bennett at the end of oh, no, the could. story yes. he would he's, take it on board. At the beginning of the story he wouldn't listen to you. He's learned his lesson, but I think that the, the, there is a slight problem with him is that he definitely has favourites. Jane and Lizzie are quite clearly his two daughters that he doesn't mind spending time with, and the rest of them he's kind of like, they're a bit silly yeah. and I don't really want to talk to them. Which, I mean, Lydia is a 15-year-old, yeah. and who does want to spend time with a 15-year-old girl? I didn't when I was, yeah, I yeah. was a 15-year-old girl, and I can tell you... I was quite annoyed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you probably shouldn't. I feel. I just feel like having favourites is such a just no trait. Mm. You can't almost... You have to take it from what the worst treatment is rather than the best treatment. That's true. I think, though, that right. he does improve. He does improve. And also, yeah, as we said, this is kind of like a caricature of a certain type of father. So- I think he the, the idea is that he was invested in his first couple of kids and then he just kind of lost interest yeah. because he just he preferred his books and mm. his wife is kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, right. So in terms of parenting points at the beginning, you can kind of you see all of them as they normally are, like in their normal life before any of their like plot actually starts to happen. And they all seem pretty like materially well provided for. They've yeah. got dresses and they've got He is messing food. with his wife. Nice. He does mess with his wife, <laughs> but in like a reasonably fairly good natured way. There's this whole bit does, yeah. with Mr. Bingley where there's this new guy in town, and his wife is like, "You must go and greet him so that we can be introduced to him because societal norms about whether you can talk to people at places is only weird. men can talk to strangers. You have to be introduced. Oh, yeah, it's so weird. Anyway. And Mr. Bennett's like, oh, I, I don't see really the point. And Mrs. Bennett's like, well, he must marry one of our daughters. Ah, oh, my nerves. Um, that's maybe a bit over the top, but that's basically the main idea. And Mr. Bennett is just kind of like, no, I won't. And they keep bugging him. And then later on, 
there's this scene where he's like, well, if you're so annoyed about, you know, Mr. Bennett, because everybody keeps talking about him and you can't see him, then I shouldn't have gone to meet him this morning. Yeah. And in the, in the 1995 miniseries, Mrs. Bennett is like really pleased and she's like, oh, my husband, you're such a darling. And you can tell that they kind of do this a lot where like... He tricks her. He tricks her. And she kind of is like pleased with the outcome at the end. Um, I don't know how well it goes over in any of the other adaptations so much, but um, like, I think she she's just like, oh, Mr. Bennett, you're so naughty. Yes. Always tricking me. Yeah, basically. Um, but everybody's excited so that they finally get to meet Mr. Bingley properly and um, and everybody's all happy. Um, and it becomes very clear at the beginning that there's this issue about the inheritance, but it's not his fault. If the estate is entailed, it's not like he said it's got to go to a male heir. It's like a legal thing that's come down from whoever he inherited the estate from originally. Yeah. Um, and he says like, we have two of the silliest girls in England or something like that. He says five of the silliest girls. And he <laughs> refers to all of his children as silly at that point. When you're like, mm, are Jane and Lizzie really that silly? And Mary's not exactly silly. She's just socially inept. I would say she takes herself too seriously to the point of becoming ridiculous, Mary. Yes. But that is a very teenage thing. Yeah. She can grow out of that. But she doesn't do stuff like, I don't know, where she doesn't necessarily consider the consequences in the same way that Lydia and Kitty do. She talks, I mean, she talks a lot of shit. Yeah, she does. She does. <laughs> She's always like, we should be like, she'll spout some like weird, weird proverb that's that insults quite a lot of people at a table and be like, yes. <laughs> it's like, you're not as smart as you think you are, Mary. Yeah. People noticed. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. It seems though at the beginning that Mrs. Bennet is much more invested in this idea of getting the daughters married so that yes. they will have a secure future. And it is played off as kind of a very silly way of like, oh, she's so concerned about this. And first, she, that is her main purpose in life, yeah. to get her daughters married, because that's that was their career, really, mm. in them days. Yeah, I think that the, the two of them are like kind of opposite ends of the spectrum and they need to be more in the middle. Like, she's very focused on get them married, get them a rich husband. And he's like... It'll be fine. I'm sure it'll all work out well. I think he's like, I'll be dead. So I'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's also su- supposed to be older than Mrs. Bennett. So I don't know if he, he's kind of like, I guess I'm trusting you, my wife, with this task. I think he thinks it's frivolous and silly and doesn't think it's... Yeah. I think he, I think he thinks that it's dumb that women, that like his, his very smart, well, his daughters that he likes... That would, they would have to get married in order, you know, to, like, live a good life. But I don't think he's prepared to do anything about it. I think he thinks it's dumb. Yeah, I think he's like, I don't like the way society is set up. But, he's but not I'm not going to bother to do anything about it or try and live with the reality of what society is. <laughs> yeah. And do the best that I can in this scenario. Um. So the, the main parenting events that kind of that come up, the way you see him, like, actually interacting with his children or doing something or affecting them in some way it are like kind of four things really that I've got down so one minor bit is when his daughter Mary is playing the piano at Mr Bingley's ball and she's kind of hogging the piano and in most of the adaptations she's not very good either like she's she's actually all right playing but she can't sing yeah Yeah. I mean usually they try and they they like show her as being rather silly but I mean she's supposed to be pretty good she yeah practices all of the time but maybe she just doesn't have a lot of natural talent I think also she has a very different taste she's mm. she likes kind of 
serious and somber music. And it is a party. It is a party. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe not quite the right take. Yeah. And um, she starts playing and... You can see Mr. Bennett's eyes just go, oh, God. This Everybody is gonna, kinda, like, everybody's going to be pissed off at her. And she's embarrassing herself. So I'm going to go and stop her. I think sometimes Lizzie gives him like a, like a look. Like, yeah. Like, sometimes it's that. Um, and so he goes over there and he, like, stops her from playing. I, usually it's when she's finished or maybe she's, like, about to start a new Yeah, piece. she's about to start another one. Mm. And he's like, oh, we'll let the other young ladies have a turn. Um, and it, I think it really, cause it's right when she's like, she is playing when he does this. It's not like in a, in the middle of like a pause. It's like, she's already started playing. The next piece. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, just stopping her with like no kind of discussion or anything. Um, and she gets pretty upset about this because she hates balls and she doesn't want to be there except to play the piano. That's the only thing she likes about it. Yeah. And I guess this is this is not a very good parenting moment because although I guess it's in a way I think it's coming from a good place, I think it's like she's embarrassing herself and like this is not appropriate and we and she needs to learn that it's not appropriate. He's not really teaching her anything, he's just kind of being like shutting her down and mm. not explaining yeah. why really or anything. It's, yeah, it's I mean it's a, I think it's certainly presented as kind of embarrassing. Mm. Mary. Yeah, and yeah, definitely embarrassing for her because it's in front of everybody else mm. in the party. Um, you know, and it's kind of making it clear to her that maybe people weren't enjoying it mm. and there's everybody else, like, what's going on? Yes. But that that's, like, one little bit. Then there are... The next kind of main bit that happens is Mr. Collins' proposal to Lizzie, which, if you've never seen an episode of Pride and Prejudice, like, a a show version of it or anything just need to like watch any of them just appreciate mr collins just he's just so i don't even know what the word is he just makes he's anti he's the anti-horny he just <laughs> yeah. makes anti-horny like going way too negative yeah like my vagina has clamped shut as soon as you opened your mouth like <laughs> just talks and he's just so ridiculous um, anyway so he he arrives to visit them because he is their cousin and he technically is the male heir that's going to inherit the estate because he's the closest male relative to Mr. Bennett. Um, and it, they don't seem to know each other at all because I think his dad, had Mr. Collins' dad, yeah. yeah, had a falling out with Mr. Bennett. So they're only being introduced now when Mr. Collins is grown adult man who is but gone into the church. Yeah. Um, and his patron, Catherine de Burke. Yes. Um, and so he comes to visit and Mr. Collins' idea is that he will, he, he needs to get a wife because he's just got his job as a pastor or rector or whatever it is. Uh, no, that's what, that's what you get in to be a pagan. I don't remember. I don't know. He, he's in the church. Um, he's a clergyman. He's a clergyman of some kind. And he needs a wife so that he can be respectable and be like the model of Christian marriage to everybody everywhere. Yeah. Um, and also he thinks if I marry one of these daughters, then at least one of them is going to be taken care of when I take over their house and kick the rest of them all out. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and he's at first, he kind of has eyes for Jane because everybody has eyes for Jane because she's a beautiful flower and a sweetheart and kind of lovely and everybody likes her. 
Um, but it's kind of clear that he only likes her because she's pretty and he doesn't actually necessarily appreciate any of her other qualities. Because Bennett kind of takes him aside and is like, look, Jane's going to, what, on the, de- on the down low, Mr. Bing is going to propose to Jane. So she's off the table. But you can have any yeah. of the others. Yeah. And he's like, well, I guess Lizzie, she seems also very attractive. Yep. Um, she's the second oldest. Even though her personality seems to be quite different from Jane's and... I don't think he's paying any attention. He's not paying any attention to personality any whatsoever. Any attention to personality. He, they talk and it's like blah, 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 blah. him. Yeah. Um, anyway, so very quickly after this, he decides to propose to Lizzie and um, she is like, no, I am not going to marry you. I, I, could, I would rather die. I would rather die a thousand deaths. And he doesn't think she's, she, he thinks she's being coy. Like she's, yeah. Like being flirty, like, oh no, I couldn't marry you. And he's like, oh, you can, it's fine. And she's like, really, no. Yeah, and he's like, she's like about to throw up at the idea. And he's like, oh, you're just flirting with me. Um, anyway, so she like storms out, and Mrs. Bennett is like, Lizzie, you have to marry him. Incandescent with rage. Yeah, she's like, clearly, she's like extremely concerned about what's going to happen to all of her daughters. and she just thinks if Lizzie marries him, then Lizzie can persuade him to help look after any of the others that don't have a home and it has to happen and you can't possibly turn him down. You've got to do this for the good of your family. And Lizzie is just like, I can't do this. And it's it's very clear that they would not be a good match and there would probably be some kind of murder event. I'm sure she would cheat on him. <laughs> oh, well, yes, that too. But the, the, it would not work at all even in like the regency way of like i'm just going to ignore the fact that my husband exists mm. and my husband's gonna ignore the fact that i exist until uh, once we've had a child we don't need to talk to each other again yeah kind of way like it wouldn't even work on that level um because she just looks down on mr collins and thinks that he's ridiculous and vain and stupid and you know all that kind of thing um and at this point mrs bennett says something along the lines of um Oh, yeah, she, she takes Lizzie to, over to Mr. Bennett and she tells Mr. Bennett that he has to say to, you know, you know, she won't talk to Lizzie again if she doesn't marry Mr. Collins and she, he has to make her marry him. And Mr. Bennett turns around and this is like the best line that he has, I think. He goes, you know, this is very sad, Lizzie, for from this day forward, you must never speak to one of your parents again. If you do not marry Mr. Collins, your mother shall never speak to you. And if you do marry Mr. Collins, I will never speak to you again. <laughs> <laughs> and Mrs. Bennett is like, what? And they're like, oh! oh! Yeah. Effectively getting her completely out of it because obviously... Um, <laughs> he's not backing you. If he's not backing Mrs. Bennett up, then she can't do anything about it. And it's clear that he like really cares about Lizzie and he really wants her to be happy and he knows that this will kind of destroy her if she were to marry him and yeah. it would be horrible. Um, and so this is like, I think... From a lot of people's point of view, this is like a massive point in Mr. Bennett's favour. And I do agree. Yep. I think with the way that the whole story works out, you can see that this is clearly the right choice. But this is where the Lizzie Bennett Diaries comes in. Yes. So this is going to have spoilers for like a really good YouTube series that everybody should watch. If, especially if you're interested in Crime and Prejudice. I really, really like this. Um, it's a bit old. It was made like seven or eight years ago. Actually, it's probably over ten years ago now. Oh my God. We're yeah. so old. Yeah, I was, re- <laughs> I was re-watching it recently and there were like quite a lot of like fashion stuff and references and I was like, this is very old. Yeah. I'm like, this is some eyebrows. Yeah. So the whole the whole point of the Lizzie Bennett Diaries is it's um, Riding Prejudice, set in the modern day, um, and it's Lizzie's vlog. 
essentially. And she kind of comes on and she like talks about what's happening in her life with her sisters and her parents and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, but they like twist it to make it more relevant for the modern day. So if you don't want to find out what happens and how it's different, then skip this bit. I'll probably edit in some kind of skip this many seconds thing here. Um, but Mr. Collins in the show um, is like that kind of like childhood friend that they'd known who has come back to town and is also ridiculous and vain and stupid and talks all the time and won't really like listen to other people. But he's already engaged and he offers Lizzie a job rather than offers her to yeah. marry him. Um, he He's working for this company. He's got this like um, investment person who is, you know, Mrs. DeBerg rather than Lady Catherine DeBerg. And he's like, oh, I'm in charge of this web video company and you should come work for me with all of your experience with your blogging and all of this stuff and it will be great and I need a business partner because I don't know what I'm doing um, kind of thing. And Lizzie turns him down. She says she doesn't, she obviously doesn't want to work with him because she doesn't like him, which is the kind of the same thing as, as the show. And she's still at finishing of her postgraduate studies and she wants to do that and she's kind of scared to take this kind of opportunity even though it will provide them lots of money and in the show also they're like maybe going to lose their house to kind of mirror the whole inheritance yeah. thing um and so it kind of gives you a different perspective on it because essentially if you're in the regency period marriage and, is a job marriage is a job right like somebody's offering to pay you, you for the rest of your life to to <laughs> I did an immediate gesture. Yes, standing to this. Well, mostly to look after their house, yes. raise their kids, like educate them if they're girls or like. Yes, but yeah. also like a clergyman's wife will go out into the community and like talk to people and make yeah. sure that people are like okay if they need help. Yeah. So, like, help her husband take care of the community. Yeah, she's like the soft power. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, from the, that perspective, you know. It kind of makes sense that Mrs. Bennett would be so angry with her. And, like, it kind of makes less sense for Mr. Bennett to be like, nah, don't bother. Like, or especially to be like, not, I won't even talk to you if you do yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Like, if he was to say, I don't think you should do this because I think you'll be unhappy, but I can understand why it would be good to get this, like, part of your life sorted out and not have to worry about it forever and maybe it takes some more time to consider it, Lizzie. Mm. That probably would make more sense if you wanted to have, like, this is, like, a positive character moment for him. Yeah. Um, I think it's more you didn't want Mr. Collins as a son anymore. Yeah, I think that's also true. You didn't want to spend any more social time with him if you didn't have to. (laughs) In the book, he hides in his library to get away from him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would too. If I had a library, I would hide from Mr. Collins. (laughs) Um, So I think this is... It's a great show. There's like other little subtle changes that they make to some of the things that happen in the book. I won't mention any of this because they're not really relevant to this planet, but Kitty is a cat. Kitty is a natural cat. Um, you yeah, they they kind of pair it down to being Jane, Lizzie, and Lydia, and then Mary is there, but she's like their cousin, so she's not in it very much because you don't need to have necessarily five daughters in a modern adaptation no. to make it make sense. Um, it's really really good to go listen to and watch it. Um, right. Anyway, um, so. Overall, I still think that is a pro in a pro. Mr. Ben's favorite, but mostly just because of how it works out. Like, mm. if everything else hadn't worked out, it would have been a bad, bad choice. Right. Um, the main thing, though, is 
Lydia's disappearance. Oh, yes. Yeah, so um, Lydia is not the youngest, the second youngest. No, she's the youngest. Oh, is Lydia second youngest? Yeah. Okay, well, I got that the wrong way around. Right, Lydia's the youngest. She is flirtatious and boisterous and... And he doesn't do anything to stop her. Yeah, she's... He just says that she's silly and doesn't... He just gives everything over to the mother for the last two daughters. Yeah, to kind of, like, teach them how to be sensible in society. And considering that Mrs. Bennet is not sensible in society, it's not really going to come across very well. There's nothing... I don't think Mrs. Mrs. Bennet is like, oh, have fun! with all of the officers. officers yeah um so at this like kind of at the beginning stage you don't really see necessarily any of the other families like looking down on them for this fact or like necessarily like being like oh we don't like Lydia's behavior but you can tell that they're kind of you know it, it will t- potentially turn into a problem later on she's only 15 so maybe people are giving it kind of a pass because yeah. she's just a kid kind of still to a lot of people like she's just quite easy year to settle down or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, and at one point, the uh, Forsters, who are a couple, um, the the husband of which is the captain of the local militia regiment, who Lydia's been flirting with all the officers in, um, they all got, the regiment is moving to Brighton, and they invite Lydia to come along with them, I guess, because if you're a captain in the regiment, you're also kind of like in the gentry class, and so... He's probably just... got a commission. Also, his wife is a lot younger than yeah, and she befriends Lydia. I think he brings her along to like keep his wife. Company. Yeah, to be like a companion. Um, and Lizzie hears about this and goes to her dad. She's like, "Don't let her do this. She's gonna make a fool of herself. Um, she needs to be at home or like with some kind of stable influence or something. Like, why are you trusting her, her daughter with them? With... She, she's she's not. And, and trusting Lydia as well. I think yeah. kind of Lizzie also kind of looks down on Lydia quite a lot. She's kind yeah. of got a similar attitude to Miss Bennett in some ways, but she's more sensible about it. She's more like, what can we do about it? Mm. Um, and she's like, don't trust Lydia to go on a trip like this because she's going to... She's only 15. Yeah, she's only 15. She's going to do something stupid. And her dad's like, oh, well, I mean, she's always going to do something stupid anyway. We just got to like let her get it out of her system so she can grow up. Yeah, and she'll, she's away from us and we're not going to have to see it or deal with it. Yeah, so, like... we'll be fine. Um, and let's her go. And then... I should also say that Lizzie's probably a little bit sensitive to this because she's had a bit of a wake-up call about Darcy's sister, Georgiana. That is true, and yeah. And how she, like, was nearly uh, tricked. Yeah. Uh, into marrying a very unsuitable man who just wanted her for her money kind of yeah. thing. At, at a very similar age to Lydia. So I think she's a bit more, like, awake to the danger of it. Mm, yeah. They're all quite sheltered, mm. in a way, so... She's probably the most aware that something bad could happen. So, yeah, Lydia goes off to do this. And then maybe, like, it's not, like, a really short period of time. It's maybe, like, a month or something. Because they're there for quite a long time. They um, find out that she's run away with Mr. Wickham. The most villainy villain of all the Pride and books. I think he's the worst. He's worse than Willoughby. He's worse than Willoughby. Is he worse than the ones in Northanger Abbey? I don't remember what happens in Northanger Abbey. I don't think I've read that since we did that at primary school. I quite liked it. Yeah, I to, no, I, I, I enjoyed I it, I just don't remember why. Jane Austen just roasts people who don't like novels. Yeah. <laughs> who thinks that reading novels is dumb. I'm like, ha get them. Yep. Um, yeah, I can't remember what happens. Okay, of all the ones that I remember, he's definitely the worst of the villains. Um, you know who is the worst? Mr. Elliot from Persuasion. Oh, yeah, he is kind of a He's, he's the a dick. worst. Yeah, he is a dick. Okay. Also, her dad is the worst. 
let's not get sidetracked in ranking all Pratch of the Pride and Prejudice. Prejudice. <laughs> um, Yeah, so um, she runs off with, with Mr. Wickham, and this is like a going to be a huge scandal. Yeah, they're not married. Um, and so basically it turns out that Lizzie's prediction was true, but in like a really bad way, worse than she thought, and definitely worse than Mr. Bennett thought could possibly happen. And his like laxness on their like guidance like, of his daughter. Yeah, exactly, is has kind of paid off in a horrible way. So that is probably like, the, the biggest negative aspect of his parenting. But what I will say, I think to a certain extent is what's gonna save him from going into the just no pearls, is that he does try really very hard at this point to sort everything out. He goes off to London, he's like working all hours day and night to try and find them. Yeah. He brings in his, like, brother mm-hmm. and, like, tries to work to fix it. And he's kind of willing to give Wickham quite a lot of money. He doesn't have a huge amount of money, but, like, as much as he possibly can to Pace persuade himself, him to... Not saving up a whole bunch of money to yes. get worthless men to marry his daughters. Yeah. Um, and he demonstrates, like, a certain amount of remorse. He He plays it down quite a lot in the TV show. He's like... I, Lizzie let me feel bad about this I'm sh- but then he's like but I'm sure it will pass like, I'm gonna get over it but, but yeah. let me feel bad about it now yeah except I I read the acting of that to be like I'm probably not gonna get over it but I need to show a strong face just yeah. the way that the actor does that bit so yeah. I think he is quite quite annoyed and angry with himself and upset his sardonic nature makes it very difficult to get a read on him. yeah that's because true because he does I mean it almost seems like he overcorrects with Kitty where he's like you're not allowed to dance with anybody you're not allowed to leave sisters. the house and if you're good in 15 years I'll take you to a play yeah <laughs> <laughs> he cries it's like <laughs> great yeah um, but yeah I guess he's, he's trying to make some kind of improvements to what he did before obviously he needs somebody to give him some parenting notes though, yes. to tell him how to change that rather than just like you know yeah. just swing all the way other way to the other end of the scale you know you've got to maybe talk to your children about what is appropriate behavior and what's not and explain yeah. why they should do things and why they shouldn't mm. um and also like you know rage against the society and change all of the patriarchal yes. nature of everything so that the just like, can just run off with people and not get married to them and they'll be fine yeah i but, think i think also his parenting is good with jane and lizzie who are quite responsible yeah. Um, we don't see a huge amount of that, though. But he does talk more to them about the stuff, but it's more of, like, a yes. grown-up, child-adult conversation. More like, because they, Lizzie says that they could have whatever masters they wanted as long as they wanted them. Like, they could learn how to play piano. Yeah. They could, like, have a governess or something like that. But, like, they could have a tutor come in, but they would have to ask for it mm. rather than their dad making them do it. And I think Lizzie and Jane... Lizzie certainly was a bit more proactive in wanting to do something, whereas with Lydia and Kitty, they didn't so much. So yeah. Like, I mean, he gave them opportunities, but he didn't... He, he didn't, didn't say, like, you have to try it for a bit yeah. and see if you like it, even if you don't think you don't want to yeah. do anything. Like, I mean, there is a certain, like, hands-off parenting is maybe... His, his hands-off parenting was maybe best suited to an older child. Yeah. And I think also, like, with... If Lizzie's more proactive with wanting tutors and stuff, like... Some of that has maybe helped Jane and Mary a bit, yeah. but maybe because the other daughters are much younger than her, they, they didn't get the benefit, they didn't get the benefit of it. Um, and he maybe just didn't really think about that or, like, overlook that aspect. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the final thing that he does that's kind of like a parenting thing that we see is that at the end of the film, or at the end of the book or whatever, adaptation you're watching, TV show, um, 
Mr. Dosky also decided to marry him, and they were like, oh, they love each other, it's great. Now kiss! Now kiss, yeah. Um, and Mr. Darcy goes to ask Mr. Bennet if, for Lizzie's hand in marriage, because patriarchy, you know. Um, you can't get married without permission, as long as you go to Scotland. Yeah, um, I don't think they were really the Gretna Green kind of no. type of people. Yeah. Um, and he calls in Lizzie to talk to him, and because he's not convinced that she likes Mr. Darcy, because the whole story is basically about how she didn't like Mr. Darcy at first and she got completely the wrong impression of him because she thought he was stuck-up snob. Because he is a stuck-up snob. Call it tolerable. Yeah, but she forgot that she was also kind of a stuck-up yeah. snob and that they were really perfect for each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so he's like, do you really like him? Do you just want to marry him for his money? To be richer than Jane. Yeah, um... If that will make you happy, then I guess that's okay. But I don't want you so, to do that if it's not. Because I don't think it will make you happy. Yeah. You're just, you'll, it'll go bad. Your marriage will go bad. I think he's speaking from experience. Yeah. That's definitely subtext. Yeah. But yeah. But, uh, he, he asks him so it's a bit more of a, it's more of a kind of the brush off you want for him to yeah. give for Mr. Collins. Where he's like, he'd like you to take it about this. Yeah. Um, but Lizzie's like, yes, I really love him. And she cries and stuff, but it's all really sweet. I can't do it justice. So, um, and then he's convinced. Also, she tells him about the money he put up to get Lydia married. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Darcy helped out there, but Mr. Bennet didn't know about this. No. So. He kept it very quiet because he didn't want anybody to know about it. Yeah, because he was like, oh, I have feelings. He's like, oh, God, oh. feelings. Ugh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this is reminding me, actually, of that fan fiction that you sent to me. The one, with, I don't know if this was you, but the one where it was like Mr. Bennet was actually a time traveller. Oh, yes. And he... He'd got stuck back in the past. And yeah, I thought you said that to me. I don't know who said it to me then. <laughs> anyway, yeah. It's great. I'll see if I can find it. I'll add a link. Because it's really, really very good. He's like stuck in the past and he ends up married to Mrs. Bennett like kind of by accident. And he just has to deal with his life and try to figure out how to... And it also kind of makes a lot of sense to what Mr. Bennett's character is like. And yeah. All of his problems. Anyway. So yeah, overall, I think I think complex because I know... like. He could improve, and he does try to improve. I don't think he's a just no, but I think he's a worse he's complex than he's some of negligent to the point of being a just no, but certainly for Lydia. For Lydia, for yes. I wouldn't necessarily say for Kitty. I think he, because he steps in later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For Lydia, yes, but for the rest of them, no. But like, if I had to choose to give he's him a child, like just no. Yeah, he's, he's at the bottom of the pile of complex, but he's not like... I don't... Yeah, yeah if I was to talk, I'd be like, look, I have a list. I have a very long list of things. And I'm going to be back to check quite regularly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Complex. Three. I would say he's below... Who are the other dads? Chandler is a just no. Yeah, it's below Charlie from Marriage Story. He's definitely below Charlie. Um, and who did you do in the first episode? Oh, Lara Croft's dad. Lord Richard Croft. Yeah. He's below that. Really? Yeah. I he mean, just runs off and leaves her and then goes missing for like... He doesn't have 20. favourites. He has one kid. He only has one kid, but he does invest a lot in her. He clearly cares about her a Okay, lot. fair. Okay. He shows right. her that he cares about her. I don't think Mr. Bennett ever shows Lydia and Kitty that he actually cares about them. That's true. Not that we see, so yeah, I agree. Okay, fine. Yeah. I like Mr. Bennett a lot. I think he's a great character, but I don't think he's a great dad. Yeah, yeah I don't think he's a great dad, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's Jonathan. Right, anyway... That is my verdict. 
Bang, 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 bang. That's my gavel. Yeah, bang, 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 bang. bang. <laughs> right. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you so much. Um, you can find us on Gmail at weratethedads at gmail.com. And have you made the Twitter yet? No. Okay. I'll Danny will evening. get there eventually. It will probably be done soon. I'll make it this evening. And uh, let us know if you have any comments or questions or suggestions that you want to write next. Woo!